But anyway, hey, welcome back to the last podcast on the alt-right. Uh, I'm your host, Brad, here with my co-host, Kian. Uh, we just got back from the CPAC fundraiser where Democrats and also Scientologists teamed up to slander China. That's a real thing that happened, Kian. Did you know that? I didn't know that. This uh, is a movie podcast. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to the movie podcast. It's your parents watch this. We're brought to you by Comedy Here Often. Uh, shout out to Nancy Pelosi and also the entire Scientologist church. Good job, guys. You're defending us. We did it. They did it. <laughs> we didn't have any part of it, to be clear. Yeah. Um, we have alibis. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was in another part of Washington doing something else. I was around there. I left my phone <laughs> in my hotel room playing a podcast. I think that's the best way to get away with crimes. Anyway, I can't focus either is the other problem with my new sobriety lifestyle. Yeah? Yeah. Can't I, get that tunnel vision anymore? A lot of fucking tangents in my mind. I feel like that's probably a powerful thing, though. You know, Einstein had, he went on tangents. Yeah. I can only assume. Well, I mean, I'm sure he had to use the tangent function on his calculator a lot, doing all those physics. Well, bam. Boom. Anyway, it's the uh, show. What are we talking about this week? Uh, this week we're talking about the movie uh, Better Off Dead. came out in 1985, stars John Cusack, uh, Kim Darby, and um, <laughs> very questionable man is the little brother. Do you know who played the little brother in this movie? I do not. Dan Schneider. Okay. Do that you know means nothing to me. Okay. Well, I let's am... keep going then. Well, hold on a <laughs> Who's Dan Schneider? What did he do? Dan Schneider is... Is he a big pedophile or something? <laughs> he is a big pedophile. Every time. <laughs> That's the thing. Isn't is that funny? Like, of all the people <laughs> to be pedophiles in this movie, it was like the seven-year-old baby brother <laughs> yeah, turned out to be like a known pedophile. How are you going to be a pedophile, but you used to be a kid? <laughs> yeah. Hypocrite? Dude, there was like one scene in the movie, too, where he like ordered like adult porn off yeah, the yeah. in uh, in the mail and the uh post like the delivery guy was like making reference to it and it's like no nah, man were this real life he would have been ordering something completely age appropriate for himself <laughs> <in the mail. laughs> how ironical but yeah, he dan ordered the book how to pick up trashy women <laughs> yeah dan schneider is uh he was the guy who created uh drake and josh and uh i think the amanda show and like zoe 101 and iCarly. Damn. And a bunch of the, uh, those other shows. And he had a Bigfoot fetish, and he did a bunch of sketchy shit with all the underaged actresses he employed. Well, that's a shame. So I guess we got to come out off the top. Also, yeah, I didn't do any research for this podcast, so we're switching it back to uh, original form. That's the only piece of research I yeah. have was, who's a pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> so now that we found that out, we got to say, fuck Dan Schneider. Uh, I hope he gets uh, uh, redacted. And, um, yeah, fuck Drake and Josh, too. Well, yeah, Drake also turned out to be a pedophile, too. Yeah, and Josh was a loser, so fuck him as well. Yeah, yeah, he was just a nerd. <laughs> 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 Two things we hate on this podcast, pedophiles and geeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are the same level in my books, dude. Both of them can get it. Yeah, lock them both up, that's what I say. I hate nerds, I hate <laughs> people who victimize children. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, now I'm starting to feel bad about how positively I'm going to rate this movie. Oh, I, here's the thing is I also liked it. Uh, should we give a little, a little bit of a summary of, of this? Yeah, I couldn't find it on any streaming services, so let's uh, fill the people in. 
Where did you watch this on? Dailymotion.com. Oh, that's insane. I watched it in two parts in 480p. I have this movie downloaded on a hard drive in beautiful 1080p. You know what Dan Schneider has on a hard drive? Don't even worry about it. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, this movie's about a kid, uh, uh, Lane Meyer, played by John Cusack, whose girlfriend breaks up with him right at the beginning of the movie. And then through the middle of it, he keeps trying to kill himself. Until he eventually decides to try and win her back in a skiing competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, I gotta say, one of the dumbest plots. What of are all the dumbest? Time. I was writing like this doesn't even feel like a plot. This doesn't even like you know how some movie like a lot of movies have like A plots and B plots and like maybe a C plot. Yeah, this movie had like. If you want to go by that, this movie probably went up to like a G plot and like none of them were plots. They were all just like different bits. Yeah. Like it was all just like almost nonsense. Like they get to the ski. She breaks up with. Uh, oh, fuck, man. How do we even start this? This movie just hurls shit at you, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, well, let, I want to talk about this off the top. OK, uh, um, while you figure out where you want to start, let's. Let's just respect Lane in this movie because a lot of toxic guys they get broken up with, all they do is call and leave voicemails saying, oh, I'm going to kill myself. This guy shuts the fuck up and he goes for it. He does go for it. You got to respect a guy. I mean, you know, not ultimate respect, but like a B level of respect. Yeah, because he never went through with it. Yeah. He he only just like set it up for himself and was like, what am I doing? And then stopped or got interrupted for some reason. Yeah. But I mean... You know, a man who uh, doesn't seek attention, you you know, real G's move in silence. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, man. She had no idea what he was going to do until it was too late. Till bam, all over the front page of the newspaper. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, too, my favorite character in this movie, Lane's mom. Why did you what did you like about her? She just reminds me so much of like suburb moms. Oh, she was very mom. Just like totally all of her dreams had been crushed, like well before the movie had even started. And uh, couldn't I, I just like the plot line of her not being able to cook. Like, that was kind of the running gag yeah. with the mom, was she would just slop shit on all their plates. Well, I thought it was, like, it was a cool representation of uh, that type of mom. Like, very sweet, completely misguided. Oh, totally. And, uh, yeah, as silly as this movie was, I did find relatable things in it. It was pretty relatable. I also liked the feud, the pointless feud that the dad and the paper boy had. My dad never had a feud with the paper boy, but you bet he, like we talked about it in the last podcast, but he had feuds with a lot of our different neighbors. Yeah. Having a feud is just a very suburban dad thing to do. I feel like, and I don't know about you, but a lot of the time hate is what motivates me in the morning. Yeah. Just like to go fucking show, show some guy up. Yeah, well, now that I'm sober, the only thing that motivates me is God and friendship. (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's uh, only about spiting God and uplifting my friends. Um, That's that's what gets me out of bed. But like, if if you're a stable man who's you know you've got a family, you got a house in the suburbs, like yeah, I'm I'm beefing with a boy. I got nothing else going on. Yeah, I mean, I could see myself beefing with a boy for sure. (laughs) It's not too far in the rear view that I was living that way. Um, I saw this movie with my parents as a as a kid, which I don't know why, but for some reason my mom and dad both love this movie. Really? Yeah. And all it all that happened to me was I got sad about it because I was like, oh, what if a girl ever breaks up with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did, you couldn't you couldn't like pay attention to the last like hour of the movie where he like falls in love with another girl and wins the skiing competition and still doesn't want to, you know, get back together with his ex. 
I mean, my perspective on it was just like you were just like rattled to your core in the first fifteen minutes. And yeah, you couldn't like <laughs> you couldn't get over it, let alone Lane. Yeah, I mean, you know me, I get attached, baby. Oh yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just was like, she was so uh, perfect. His girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess that just says a lot about me instead of, uh, you know, instead of uh, saying anything about the movie. That's true. I think um, like when I was a kid, I, I used to play team sports. Right. Yeah. And uh, I would w- like I watched this movie and uh, thinking that like because I would always get pissed off at my teammates for like like because. In a team sport, you got to rely on everybody to play good. Yeah, that was so what always lose. pissed me off about team sports. And I was just like, oh, I should play like individual sports, and then it's all on me, and I could be the ultimate athlete. Yeah. And then I realized that individual sports are just as bad. Like you still get bullied, but it's just by the guy who's beating you yeah. instead of by your stronger teammate. <laughs> by your teammate <laughs> who still has to help you technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that sucks to like go to individual sports and realize, oh, I was the shitty guy on the team, actually. Yeah. It wasn't everybody else who wasn't pulling their weight. It it was me. Yeah, like cuz then I switched to badminton in uh junior high and then I was like, "Oh no, I I don't have coordination or stamina." Yeah, I like stopped doing sports and just started like going to the YMCA after school every day with like my buddy Sean and a couple of other people. Yeah. What and, would like, you guys do there? Play basketball? We did sometimes until we just kept being beaten by children like so much that it stopped being fun at all. <laughs> like I hated it. I, I, I very distinctly remember it was like me, my friend Sean, and my other friend James. James was like this really like l- like taller than me, and he was like good at basketball. Like he played on the high school team. Yeah. And then Sean was just like generally athletic. wasn't very good at you know wasn't particularly great at sports, but was an athletic guy. And then I just like believed in myself. And we saw this like kid who was like probably like ten years old and like big, like not tall, but like a big, like a big boy. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way this man has any vertical. Good job and keeping it body positive on the show. Yeah, man, he was. He was the act out you just did to me was not body positive. He was the way Gordon Ramsay would describe, condescendingly describe a chef he doesn't respect. He was a very big boy, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he he just beat us so badly. It was like three on or one on three. Yeah. And this 10-year-old kid just fucking dusted us. He was wasn't even crossing close. your asses up. Seriously, he was. And, well, the thing was is he didn't even have to cross because he was so good at shooting. So, like, he'd just get the ball and wherever, from wherever he was, just <laughs> get it in. And, like, I couldn't do anything about that. <laughs> you want to know what's so funny? I had this, like, same thing happen to me very recently. <laughs> like, right before the pandemic, me and a uh, local uh, Edmonton football team football player, um, who shall remain nameless we were getting into playing badminton yeah and we would go to the the gym that the football team uses and play badminton and then there were these two 12 year old kids that were playing basketball there and uh, their ball kept like rebounding onto our badminton court and so eventually we just like picked it up and took a shot and they were like hey that was pretty sick you guys want to scrimmage <laughs> and so we we're like yeah these are two 12 year old boys like we're both grown men yeah to a, we're both at different stages of being grown men. Yeah, obviously. exactly. You know? You're grown in your way, and so is I'm the g- pro football player. I'm grown <laughs> mentally. He's grown physically. You know, and so we thought. So, we so was the fullback you were playing. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing basketball with. <laughs> yeah, and so we thought, like, oh, we'll just take it easy on these kids. We'll have a good time. And so uh, we were playing fucking two on two, and like four minutes into the game, I'm like wheezing for breath. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like. 
Like the kind of tired where you start not being able to see and tripping on your own feet. Oh, yeah. I, I know that. Where yeah. you're just like, it's the same tired as like when you're like very hammered. Like when you have the spins, basically, it feels like. You're yeah. just trying to like get to where you need to throw up, you know? Yeah, I pretty much had the spins and also my lungs weren't working. <laughs> yeah. And these kids were just like, not even like very good at basketball they were just like outrunning me (laughs) (laughs) and hitting layups yeah and we lost so bad it was like 10 nothing or something see and that like makes you never want to play any sort of team sports ever again well after that i was like yeah we're sticking to badminton yeah seriously at least i can at least i can look like i know what i'm doing yeah yeah after it happened to me i just like went back to like just trying to like work out in the gym you know it was like me and sean and like (laughs) some other kids from our high school and like we'd we'd run the track and i'm just thinking like this is great you know it's independent i can work at my own pace unlike a team sport where we're the worst guy on the team or whatever yeah uh and then it's like oh no now you're just the weakest guy at the gym (laughs) (laughs) now you're just a guy who has to like fuck around with all the weights in between your you and your friend sets yeah so i guess the lesson is don't play team sports but also don't play individual sports but also don't work out work out in private just read as many solitude Read as many books as you can, get pretentious, start looking down on people. And that's honestly what I started doing. Yeah. I just started reading, you know, fucking, I don't know, fucking know, books. <laughs> George Orwell, I'd read 1984 and just like have a fucking arsenal of references to only that one thing. I was trying to pretend that we were smart. You really fucking poked a hole through that with, with your I don't know books stance. <laughs> There's got to be one of them out there. So here's my question. Does it hold up as a comedy? Because I think this is one of the rare 80s comedies that doesn't rely on harassment or, like, being gross. And I think it it's funny. I think it is funny, too. I mean, like, there genuinely were parts that made me laugh. Um, yeah. I mean, like, the, the uh, most, like questionable thing this movie does is first off harboring a pedophile but they couldn't have known he was only seven i mean yeah and <laughs> we gotta start testing kids for pedophilia <laughs> <laughs> show them a picture of a kid their same age They're like what's this doing for you <laughs> just electrocute them like in clockwork orange yeah exactly like that um but yeah they did that and then like there was that one scene at the uh lunchroom where he like rip accidentally rips off the cheerleaders uniform yeah, but what I will say for away. that is, like, it's refreshing to see that happen by accident. Yeah, and then he gets his ass beat afterwards, too. So you you know that it's not okay. I think that's p- progressive, to be honest. Or, like, at least compared to the lexicon of bits in 80s movies. Yeah, I think compared to the shit we've seen on the show. Maybe it's not progressive normally. but In like, a vacuum, it's regressive. But yeah, like, totally. But, like, compare this to Mr. Mom or any of the other fucking comedies that we've watched on here. Like, this is a paragon of fucking progressivism yeah i mean yeah i i I thought it was good yeah i mean i i I, one of the things i liked about this movie too was uh i mean we kind of referenced it off the top about how there wasn't really plot lines it was more just bits but it really didn't take itself seriously at all like it was very focused there was like the core plot that it did kind of get through i mean i feel like it could have been paced a little bit better uh especially like i think that he should have met uh the actual love interest a little earlier on into the movie um, cause that whole whirlwind romance only really takes place in the last half hour of the film. That's true. The rest of the hour is just like total, just him being miserable and doing bits about it, which like I'm here for. Don't I, get me wrong. Yeah. I, d- I really liked the pacing of this movie. 
Really? I might have to agree to disagree with you. That's on that fair because I I I didn't think it was like um, horribly bad or anything. I just got like forty five minutes into it, and I'm like, why why have I why haven't we met Monique yet? That's fair. Yeah, I I guess I just like really appreciated. I don't th- I I'm uneducated on the art of film, but I do like. I think it's pretty brave to do a movie where the like most of the bits are a guy failing to kill himself. That's I think true. That's, I think it's original. I think it's tough to pull off, and I think they did pull it off very well. And that's t- like that's the thing too is it's kind of set like you probably couldn't make a movie like this today where it just makes light of suicide in this way. But it's all, I kind of feel like it's what we need. I mean, yeah, we like that's we, the only way that I can talk about suicide with my friends is if we're laughing the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about how much we want to kill ourselves. We've giggled about my pill swallowing before. We've, we've had a little <laughs> laugh at all, all all of our attempts, <laughs> but like, you know, that's uh, I don't know. I mean, that's the only way you can see, at least in my experience, that's the only way I can seriously talk about it. And the, the times that I have tried to talk about it with like other people who weren't in my immediate friend group, they you know they make it all serious, and it's like. I don't want to talk about this if you're going to be sad about it. Dude. Yeah. People get like sickeningly sweet about that kind of shit now. Oh, like, man. I will take a somewhat uh, reactionary stance here and say I like we live in the 13 reasons why generation. And I think that like taking your struggles like that seriously, like the amount of serious that we all take it now is like I think a net negative for people because it just lets you sit in that water and like focus on it. Yeah, I I completely agree. And right. I do think that there is something to be said for like actually, you know, dealing with your problems and talking them out and trying to be healthy about it and not push it all down. Yeah, go but to like, therapy, but don't Totally, like but there's like a complete line. Like I was talking to some people like, you know, just out and about and like they would do trigger warnings in conversation. And it's like fucking yeah. It's like this is a conversation. We're chatting. If you right trigger now, me, dude. I will leave. Yeah, dude. Like <laughs> that's it. I'm not. I don't know, dude. It's and I like. It's nice to consider everybody's feelings and all that stuff. But at a certain point, like you got to work through your shit, or else you're never gonna get over anything. And I think um, the thing this movie like sort of illuminates for me is like that is just like a normal thing that people go through. Like it's not. Like, unfortunately, sorry to say it, but you're not fucking special for thinking about killing yourself. No, you're not. Everybody has done that. Everybody does it. And I feel like a lot of people, yeah, they do want to think that they're special for doing it. Yeah. Or whatever, and feel like they deserve extra, you know, attention or whatever. And it's, I don't know, maybe. But, like, also fucking, I don't know. (laughs) The most dangerous advice either of us have gotten in regards to suicide has been from a friend of the show. I don't want to say his name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he told us when Brad and I were both on the edge and really like talking about it a lot. He was <laughs> like, do it or shut up. <laughs> and we chose to shut up. Yeah. And listen, you can say what you want about that. Yes, it is fucking probably toxic or whatever. <laughs> but here's what I will say best advice i've ever best gotten. advice i've ever gotten because i knew like i'm probably not going to do it so like I'll, I'll shut up then and i also did know subconsciously that i was talking about it too much and dwelling on it too much and like annoying people like yeah exactly. alienating my friends and shit but it's also kind of a weird thing because i've been in that space before and like when you're really really feeling like that you don't have other shit that's you're really thinking about yeah so like 
of course it comes up, you know, like, especially you have a couple of drinks, you're chatting with your friend one-on-one. That's literally the only thing you have, or at least for me, that was the only thing I had going on was how much I wanted to die. Yeah. For me, it, it also takes up my whole brain every time I get like that. But, um, the thing that I will say, uh, in defense of that advice is like, that made me realize that like, Hey, go talk to a professional about this. Like, yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't just be like fucking you can't spewing talk shit to all 22 year olds on cocaine about that exactly. all the time. And you, you, you know what? John Cusack, he did not do that. Yeah. I will say he kept it to himself. He was really, he was probably a little ahead of the curve of the do it or shut up, uh, mentality, you know, and he was trying to do it. He also shut up about it. Yeah. Which is chill. I mean, <laughs> which is ch- <laughs> no if you feel like killing yourself tell somebody please god yeah tell somebody but like don't keep telling them you know yeah don't be that guy who every time you hang out you're just oh i'm sad it's like fucking work on your shit dude yeah i mean that's i guess like we're, we're i think we're being a, a little bit harsh about this but like i think what i'm trying to say is like you can't just sit in it. That's that's exactly it's not it. going to make you happy, and it's not going to make and like f- it's not going to help anything. Yeah, and I feel like my harshness towards it is really just kind of a reaction to the softness that you know people have been pushing hard lately, especially like the whole fucking self care crowd on Instagram or whatever. Yeah, all the infographic shit. Like people will people love sending me Pinterest uh, folders of like. Things to do if you're feeling down. Oh, I'm. So, I would. I will go crazy on the first person who fires one over one of those over to me. Dude. I mean, yeah, I don't even read them. I just go, thank you so much for always supporting me. <laughs> I man, I just love the idea of somebody like reading a mental health post on Instagram, being like, Brad would love this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's actually you know fucked who's up. fucked like this. My you friend actually, Brad. That's actually like I'm. <laughs> I actually think that's disrespectful now that you put it like that. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'd snap if people sent me shit like that. Yeah. It's like, stop diagnosing me. I mean, also, it just, like, there is something to be said about reminding people of that shit. Like, like uh, I think that is a trigger. Like, I think so, too, honestly. And, like, that's uh, whenever my friends have, uh, you know, come to me telling me that they have those feelings, I always, like listen and you know deal with it as much as i have to seriously and then at which point i feel like it becomes detrimental to keep bringing it up like yeah in the times when i've had you know friends do or you know talk to me about that it's like i just want to go back to things being normal as quickly as i can because for me when i've been in those situations i don't want to keep dwelling about it yeah. I need some fucking social bonds. I need to go hang out. I need to have a good time with my friend and remind me of myself why I want to be alive still. Exactly. Help a guy take his mind exactly, off Exactly, dude. I'll talk about it as much as you want to talk about it, but like after that, I'm never going to bring it up. Yeah, like I don't want to sit in a hot tub of my own despair. Exactly. Regular hot tubs are gross enough. They're full of piss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think the way that um, Lane's mom reacts to the breakup is hilarious and also very emblematic of how uh, parents react to that kind H- of stuff. How did she react to it? He goes... He's like, oh, Beth broke up with me. I'm really having a tough time. She goes, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, close to how uh, it went when I told my mom I broke up with my high school girlfriend. I didn't tell her for like a couple of days after. I just like just started crying uncontrollably for about a week <laughs> <laughs> and then i was like oh by the way <laughs> in case you've been wondering what's going on with me <laughs> yeah oh that shit is so funny like people 
it's funny when, like, it's always weird to me when, like, my parents can't tell that something's wrong. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I've been, like, treating everybody like shit for the last two weeks. And yeah. no one ever inquires. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. you got to stop being a dick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just stopped treating people like anything. I did, I'm, a, I'm a big withdrawing guy. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I like that he's like, uh, oh, if I ski down this hill, like maybe she'll think I'm cool and I'll get her back. And uh, that's sort of what I did with that. But I used drinking. I was like, oh, if, <laughs> yeah. I, if I start partying a lot, maybe uh, she'll think I'm cool. Did she? No. <laughs> she didn't think I was cool to start with. <laughs> that's not why people date me. How have you, uh, how have you dealt with your breakups in the past? To be honest, very poorly. Yeah? Yeah. Um, usually self-medicating. And then that makes me like, that's never a good way to deal with anything because all that happens is you start gaslighting yourself and like thinking delusional thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just like chase people away. Like usually the way I deal with breakups is by uh, getting blocked and then being like, oh, you're forced to move on now. Which is terrible and very toxic, <laughs> and don't do that. I love that you get blocked. Oh, I get blocked, bro. Baby. I'm the I'm the blocker. You're yeah. I'm I know the blocker, that about dude. you. <laughs> you you're, don't even have to do anything wrong, and I'll block you. But the thing about you is like you're very like not insecure. I'm the complete opposite, <laughs> and uh, I really let my insecurities take over whenever <laughs> anything like that happens, which I am working on in therapy. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Oh, I mean uh, that shit. That shit would happen to me too. I would just like. I, I just, I, I haven't been broken up with in a long time. I just, I break up with people like way before I even need to, just because I feel like I might have to in the future. Yeah, which so is like, its own brand of toxic. Yeah, no, it's, I got my own shit going <laughs> Let's on. Let's not keep the microscope Look, on me. I'm not a perfectly healthy man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, I like, I fucking, you know, I don't, I don't go through heartbreak. Fucking break that shit <laughs> off before I get attached, dude. <laughs> I haven't felt sad in years. That's you know other... why? Because I tank every relationship <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing about, like, every time I go through a breakup, I'm like, okay, I'm done getting attached to people. That's it. And then I, like, fantasize about being that type of guy. But uh, it's like a cycle for me. Like, I do that for a while, and then I'm like, I, f I meet someone who I'm like, okay, now I'm going to cling to you. Like, yeah. Yeah, I have very unhealthy that. relationship. I just thing. don't get attached anymore. I went to therapy about it and like talked to my therapist and she's like, oh, that's just normal dating. You know, like eventually you'll find somebody you feel attached to and then it'll all work out. And anyway, that was like five years ago and nothing <laughs> has changed. <laughs> I do believe that you will, but I also don't know anything. So yeah, maybe who knows? I believe that I will, too. But, <laughs> you know, you got to let somebody in one of these the past days, though, patterns dude. would prove otherwise. Yeah. I mean, you do. Nope. Got, you do gotta let people in like yeah. you can't just be like on the third date being like i do not want to do this anymore i'm gonna go <laughs> piss in a condo which that is a callback to one of your jokes yeah that was also a first date by the way oh okay well sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to disrespect you on the podcast i like the way uh, his dad calls meetings about the car very reminiscent of how my dad calls meetings about my car all the time oh yeah yeah just like asking like just condescending questions the whole time like <laughs> 
uh, yeah, just talking to you like a lawyer would. Like, do you agree that this car has been in my driveway for two months? (laughs) 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 Reminds me of uh, the way my dad used to be about cleaning my room all the time. Oh, man, I can't handle that. Fucking going to dad court every time you have too many cups in your room. Yeah, dad sits down at your computer desk. You ever have your dad do that? Just, like, sit down on your chair or, like, on your bed, like a real dad power move? No. Oh, man, my dad would always do that. He'd, like, sit down on, like, something that I own, something I usually chilled at, just yeah. completely take over my space. What my dad does is uh, he'll sit in the kitchen, and then if you walk by the kitchen, he'll go, hey, family meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got to go in there and have a fucking meeting about whatever. That's and, uh, so funny. My parents have never called a family meeting. Oh, we do a lot of family meetings. <laughs> Some of, and the the thing that sucks about them is like sometimes he does it as a bit, and yeah. then sometimes he's very serious. And when you're walking into that, you never know which one it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would walk into like serious family meetings about like things they had caught me for. Yeah. With like a jovial tone, oh, like joking man. around. Like, I, oh, I will. I'm so glad my parents can't catch me doing things anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best. I mean, well, I guess they could now because I moved back in. Yeah. It's going to be funny if I ever get caught doing something. I would love it if you did, man. Um, I'm just on the podcast next week. Like I fucking hate them. Yeah, we're, do- <laughs> we're just full angsty teen again. We're doing the podcast on Zoom again because Brad's grounded. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you could get grounded as an adult? I was worried when I moved back into my parents' house. Like when uh, all the pipes at my apartment burst, um, I just kept following all the same rules that were there before I moved out. Like I was following my 2 a.m. curfew. I was <laughs> like, you know, being so quiet. I wasn't coming into into the house high. You know, I would I'd wear a jacket if I smoked weed and like take it off so I wouldn't smell and shit. <laughs> yeah, like being I, uh, insane about it. Yeah, I haven't like. I have. Uh, we haven't like had an issue so far, but I've also been like, yeah, I've been going home very early lately. Uh, like relatively compared to what I would normally do. Yeah. It's still like 1 a.m. and shit, but like, yeah, I'm just like being a very good boy now that I moved back in with my parents. <laughs> but like, that's what I needed. I moved back in for stability. Yes. So I think honestly, a grounding at 21 would be good for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little spanking. <laughs> oh my God, dude. If I ever get, if I get spanked as a grown man, like, I don't know. I'm going to be different after that. Oh, uh, yeah. I was, I, yeah. I was talking about a worse version of that. Never mind. I'll tell you, tell you off the air. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I, w- I was thinking, like, how ridiculous this movie felt when I was watching it. Yeah. Like, cause, like, break it down. It's a guy who just got broken up mm-hmm. with, he, he keeps trying to kill himself. Mm hmm. And all this is set to the backdrop of several skiing trips. Yeah. And I'm like, this is insane. And then I thought like, oh, wait, no, this is high school. Yeah. Like, this is just what it's like to be kind of a teenager. Like, do you know how much heartbreak and lying and suicidal thoughts I had all around different school trips to the mountains? How much? A fair num- fair amount. Riddle it to me. To me, it was, for me, it was hockey tournaments. Ooh, that's pretty good. Because, like, the thing for me is I suck shit at skiing. So, like, it was... Because, like, it, here's your two options when your whole school goes on a f- skiing field trip is to be like, no, uh-uh, I don't like skiing. You know, I'm more of a more of a chilling at my house type of guy. Yeah. And, like, that's lame. You're, you're a pussy if you, if you cancel on the ski trip in fourth grade. And, or your that's other option. That's crazy because I never went on a school ski trip. I felt like you would be a loser if you didn't go. Yeah? Riff me out your other option. Well, the other option, that. and this was the option that I took every time, was to go. 
uh, go up the bunny hill on, they had like a tow rope where you would like hold on to this rope and it would like pull you up the hill. Yep. But the thing with the rope is that it moved fast and I <laughs> would always fall. So like there was uh, on my first ski trip, I didn't even ski, dude. I just like fell down going up the rope toe twice and was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> Sat in the lodge. I did that two years in a row, and then I was like, fuck this, I'm not skiing ever again. And then I went, like, a couple more times with my friends in the mountain. Oh, man, like, the only time I went skiing after that, we all ate ate a bunch of mushroom proxy that we ordered off the internet, some 4ACO DMT. Yeah, which, uh, to be clear, we do not vouch for that. Yeah, I don't condone doing research chemicals on the show. (laughs) But, you know, when you're in high school and you can't find mushrooms, what are you going to do? I mean, you're already in science class. You might as well do something scientific. My friend's an engineer. He had access to pill capsules. What do you want? (laughs) Uh, And so I ate, like, a couple of mushrooms and then went down the ski hill. And the first time I went down, my friends just told me it would be okay. I'm like, hey, look, I haven't skied since the time I gave up in fourth grade. And they're like, you will be fine. You just have to go for it. And I went for it. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea how to stop or steer or yeah. anything. And I just had to, like, wipe out halfway down the mountain and, like, scoot down. Had, you know, figured out my shit on the bunny hill. But then the mushrooms kicked in when I was, like, going up the main hill. And I went down, like, the easiest run. It took me, like, 45 minutes because I kept stopping to, like, admire everything. That's insane that you managed to have a good trip while skiing and not knowing how. Oh, I had a great trip. but And then I got to the bottom, like, there's no fucking way I can manage going up that hill again. So I uh, just chilled in the lodge again, listened to the Grateful Dead, looked at some mountains. It was honestly one of the better ski trips I've been on. That sounds like a, not a bad day. Um, I, will t- I will say that um, I recently went on a ski trip with uh, my ex-roommate and the same football player that I just told you about in the start of the podcast and uh, that's the exact same like no one did mushrooms but that's the exact same thing we told him was uh, hey don't worry you'll be fine and he was like no I really don't know how to do this (laughs) we're like yeah just follow us dude and uh, yeah wait wait, who didn't know how to do it uh, the the football football guy yeah yeah yeah. and then um, yeah no one was on mushrooms but we were drinking all day yeah that's the thing with skiing you got to be on something yeah i mean what are you gonna do go to the mountains and not enhance it that what's the point i'll just fucking paint a mountain (laughs) like that's way better but anyway so yeah we were like you'll be fine dude just follow me and then i forgot that like halfway down the run i was like having the time of my life i was like i want to feel the wind whipping through my hair so i kind of just left him in the dust and uh, I forgot he was following me, so I went down like a black diamond, and uh, my roommate had disappeared. I didn't know where he yeah. was. And uh, then I got to the bottom of the hill, and I was like, okay, my friend should be just like a little bit behind me, because he's only, he's only like a little worse than me, but he is a grown man, so yeah. he should figure this out. That's the other thing, is I put way too much confidence in grown men. Oh, man, me too, dude. And I, that's really bitten me in the ass yeah. almost countless times. Yeah. I'll take a confident boy over a grown man any day of the week. I mean, yeah, I should just... Uh, I always think everyone is the same as me or better. Yes. And uh, it turns out sometimes they're not. Yeah, sometimes no. And so uh, it was like 45 minutes of me being at the bottom of the hill just like hanging out eating uh, ham sandwiches and then uh, eventually I, I saw my roommate and I was like 
hey, I lost uh, our football playing friend up uh, on the mountain, and also his tryouts are next week. <laughs> so we have to find him by then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have one week. To <laughs> it almost took us a week, dude. We went back up to the top of the mountain. We like searched like every run because I couldn't remember which one I was going That's on because so I was off the fucking fireball already. And so I had no clue which way I let him down this mountain. And, uh, yeah, eventually we like gave up the search we were just like oh he'll meet us eventually and then so we're just like leisurely skiing down these mountains all of a sudden i happen across a man being loaded onto a stretcher by <laughs> ski patrol now i'll give you one guess as to who the man was could it have been the football playing friend yes it was him <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah he was like i was like oh shit that's where you are are you good like he's on a stretcher <laughs> and i'm like yeah you're good right we can just you're just sleepy right that's yeah. why they loaded you up you just didn't want to do this anymore <laughs> yeah and then uh they took him to the medical tent and they were like it was like 11 a.m at this point we had like six more hours uh, in, on our passes yeah and uh they were like yeah this guy needs to go to the emergency room Jeez. immediately <laughs> what happened to him uh he like broke his shoulder separated or something holy fuck yeah he fucked himself anyways he needed a sling oh i could i don't remember that happening at all yeah well you weren't there so that makes sense well i just mean in the days after i feel like i would have seen him in a sling at one point or another i'm almost positive you did crazy i just wrote that off (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we had to take him to the emergency room and like just end our day early but it ended up being a great day because then we just like took our time driving back we looked at all the mountains and stuff i do think that's always been my favorite part of skiing has just been like the car ride up and back yeah and the crazy thing about professional athletes is like they are really brave when they hurt themselves. Like, if that had been me and I had separated my shoulder, I'd be like, speed home now and don't talk to me. <laughs> but he was the one driving. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we had a great day anyways. So that's perseverance. That is perseverance. I don't know, man. I feel like when you break your shit, like, you do have to kind of man up. Like, you really, you really find out what you're made of. Like, yeah. when I broke my kneecap, dude... I walked for a while on a fully broken kneecap just because I had no other choice. You'll figure your shit out, dude. Yeah. I remember that. I did break my foot skateboarding when I was a kid and didn't go to the hospital for three weeks. So there you go. Yeah, I just had a numb foot for yeah. so long. Just a man about town handling his business. And I was still skateboarding, too. I would still, like, try staircases, like <laughs> the same thing I broke it on. Oh, dude, I'd do that shit, too. I'm so bad with, like, injuries and just, like, taking care of myself and taking it easy well when i was a kid i would always think it was cool to be injured so i'd exaggerate every injury and then i hit a certain age where i was like dude you gotta stop being such a bitch all the time (laughs) so then i started overcorrecting and really under exaggerating (laughs) all my injuries so now it's just like yeah my body is fucked yeah i've just been very careful so like i never broke any bones when i was like a kid yeah and then now in my adult life when i have taken some spills and really seriously hurt myself i just like can't recognize that (laughs) and like keep powering through (laughs) that's so funny stupid um hey you know what this movie made me realize what they shouldn't make kids do math why are we making kids do math in school they're kids yeah man i couldn't tell you there's still math courses that they want me to fix from in my high school in university now they're like do math 30-1 and i'm like i couldn't do math 30-2 yeah. Like, I don't know what you want from me. Well, here's the thing. It has 30 in the name. Like, why are you as a 20-year-old doing math? You shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly, man. It's like, 
I'm not ready for that kind of fucking calculation. Not ready for any calculation. And I mean, that kind of explains why there was uh, his best friend was in high school for seven years. Yeah. Did you catch that line? Yeah. He, I've, I've been in this high school for seven years, so I know a thing or two about teenage girls. I'm not stupid. Which actually, let me tell you something. That's probably the most problematic part of the movie. Could be, but also he didn't do anything with teenage girls, so. Yeah. But I don't think it was for lack of trying. Y- you're, fair enough. He, <laughs> he would have if he could have. <laughs> I, I just th- that's such like a funny because that like that I guess archetype of best friend it's like this kind of gross looking guy like he looks almost exactly like Doug Stanhope um, and he like wears a top hat and he just looks dirty and he's got like a weird trench coat and like that's still a dude it is a dude that's yeah. still a complete type of dude except now instead of being a drug guy he's a magic the gathering guy he's a magic the gathering guy and man there I just there's a guy who comes in my work sometimes and he usually comes in with his mom and that, like he's our age so i don't feel bad about laughing but like that's just how he dresses like he doesn't have the top hat thank christ but like he wears like a wool overcoat in the dead of summer <laughs> and well as nas once said wear mink at the roller rink middle of the summer that's cool to do <laughs> oh man it's just too much for me seeing those guys who like dress like i don't know it just it scares me and maybe because it scares me only because, like, when I was in grade seven, I was Googling how much it, it would cost me to rustle up a trench coat. Oh, you were that kind of I guy. I thought it looked so cool, dude. dude we would and not... I still think a duster looks sick, but, like, I'm not wearing one. It's so funny because sometimes I tell you things about my childhood and you're like, I would have hated you. But it's like, I would have hated you back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, you, we would have gotten along. <laughs> yeah, we would have found common ground. We would have been the only, yeah, we would have been reluctant friends, I feel like. Uh, I think this movie taught our parents that it's important to move on, which is why our fathers don't show affection to our mothers. <laughs> They're trying to move on? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, let me move on before I need to. Yeah. Um, I, I did like that kind of lesson. I mean, it's still this movie is still totally full of tropes. It's like, this is not an original lesson by any means. No. But I did like it. You know, don't. I like- I like the way it communicates the whole self-confidence thing. How? I don't know. I just, uh, I think it's a good, like, I think it's a cool, like, learning who you are and being okay with yeah. that kind of story. Because he does get more confident through the movie. Yeah, he's very insecure off the, off the tippy top. He honestly kind of reminds me of my two feelings about myself, where it's like, I'm a king. Yeah. Or like, no, I'm a I'm a god actually. <laughs> <laughs> those, that, those are my two those are my two states of consciousness. <laughs> the duality of man. <laughs> I'm either a king or a god, depending on what day you catch me. No, but actually <laughs> <laughs> I either feel like a baby or the ultimate man. Dude, no, yeah, that that's exactly it. I mean really though, like it it just really hit home when like in one scene he's like trying to kill himself and then in the next scene he's like getting ready for a date being like how could she not want me like just looking in the mirror at himself being like i am perfect yeah oh yeah that's crazy because i've definitely been like that i do feel a lot less insecure now and so i but like yeah it's crazy i forget how like when i was super insecure all the time i also did have moments of being like nobody can fuck with me. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and i feel like now it's just like you know those still switch off sometimes but i'm definitely more uh nobody can fuck with me than i am thinking of myself as a little boy 
These days I've been pretty realistic about who can fuck with me and who can't. I, yeah, I, I still haven't met a man who could fuck with me. I have never <laughs> met a man who said anything negative to my face. Me neither. Met so. a lot of women who say negative things to my face. So, <laughs> come for me. <laughs> I'd love somebody to come for me. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie kicks fucking ass, to be honest with you. I, I loved the Christmas scene as well. Um, it ma- like when he gets just a photo for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. That made me laugh very hard because <laughs> that's what my uncle does. <laughs> he just gives you photos? Every year on Christmas, he gives me a photo of his son. And it's like, I hang out with this guy. <laughs> I know what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I have photos on my phone of him. Dude, that reminds me. I, I've been listening to some of Chance the Rapper's like loose singles he dropped back in 2018. Those were pretty good. They were they were pretty good. He's got one song I quite like called The Man Who, or, what is the Man Who Has Everything or something like yeah, that, yeah, I think yeah. the name is. And uh, there's a line in it, and it's like, uh, Christmas cards so nice, you know, other families want to frame them. And it's like, what do you think other families do with your Christmas card, yeah. dude? Listen here, Chance. You need a bit of a blow to the ego because <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to frame your Christmas My card. family has never framed, let alone kept a Christmas card. Like, it's going in the garbage. Yeah, what I do with birthday cards as an adult now is leave them in the backseat of my car until one of my friends finds them and makes fun of me, and then I throw it out. I only save birthday cards from older relatives, and that's it. I don't, yeah, my friends, like, I leave them in the car, and then somebody will get in, and they'll be like, your aunt loves you? What a loser. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the cool thing about hanging out with comics. Yeah. Also, um, what did you think about all the guys asking him if they could take his ex on a date? I didn't like that. Yeah, I thought that was uh, weird. It's like, uh, just do it. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I do. Like, if you're going to date my ex, just date If it, you're going to be, because, like, I don't know. I feel like they think of it as, like, a respect thing, like, asking the guy how he feels. But it's like, here's the thing. Like, there's no way he's cool with it. Yeah. And there's no way you're going to take no for an answer. So, like, <laughs> stop lying to both of us and just yeah. go ask her out on a date. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I used to do. It yeah. made people mad, but, like. Yeah. I'd never ask. I also never did it because I'm a real one like that. Yeah, I did it a couple of times and I do feel bad about it. So <laughs> I'm sorry to the boys from high school. <laughs> it's not to say I never tried to do that. It just never worked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we should date each other's exes. I think, yeah, I think you get along with all of them. I mean, they all know you. I, I've said it last night to you, and I'll say it again on the podcast. I would never treat them the way you did. <laughs> <laughs> One of my exes is uh, genuinely confused about how we're friends. It's so funny. Why? Uh, because she doesn't think that the comedians can be friends with each other because they secretly are plotting on their downfall so they can be famous in their place. Oh, I, it, it's because we both given up on being famous. Yeah, yeah. It's because I'm just trying to be a local opener. Yeah. You know, like, I don't care. Yeah. The reason <laughs> that I'm friends with all the comedians is because I'm happy with two grand a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't need a lot to feel as though I've made it. Yeah. Oh, you know what's crazy is the fact that he was like, of course this girl will want me who I'm going on a date with, but he's wearing a muscle shirt under a blazer? Yes. Like, maybe take a look at yourself, man. <laughs> like, that's insane to think that someone would want that. Um, you know what You know what plot I really also uh, enjoyed was the, um, the weird neighbors who got... They brought in the French exchange student who becomes the true love interest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, but they bring in the French exchange student. Like, the mom brings in a French exchange student to live with them just so her... Uh, weird son can maybe go on a date with her yeah 
That's actually probably the most problematic that is part. Because pro- that's sex trafficking at the end of the day. Yeah, and <laughs> that not is even the- just regular sex trafficking. That is Epstein-style sex trafficking. Yeah, yeah, but like weirder, where it's like if Epstein had like... A nerd son? Yeah, yeah, like a loser son. <laughs> Imagine that, Epstein just having a fail son. Like, we just, like... <laughs> Imagine finding out that's what the whole ring was for. Yeah, yeah, Epstein's weird fucking son who wanted... He who was just trying to launch a streetwear brand. Like, that's his only aspiration. Like, he made men's jewelry. Oh, made, made men's resin wares. If Epstein had a son, he would still have that, like, 70s-style teeth headgear. You know what I mean? If Epstein had a son, he would only wear button-up short sleeve shirts yeah with uh je sweatpants like <laughs> epstein wore yeah actually epstein was the fail son do you ever wonder what his parents are like i haven't even considered what his parents are like honestly yeah me either until right now <laughs> but that makes me real curious like i first and foremost i wonder if they're still alive you know what i think i think epstein is why you don't teach your kids math because here's That's the thing true. epstein knew math you know what he did with it evil yeah. He, all he did was move billionaires' money around until he became the most successful pedophile on the planet. Well, even before and that. Me personally, that's why I chose to not learn math 30-1, because I just really am attracted to women who are of age. Yeah. and uh, That's the only reason. Everybody knows that adult women don't care if you know <laughs> yeah, <math>. yeah. <laughs> adult Never once has an adult woman asked me to, you know, what, what the fucking, I can't even do a math reference right now, what the surface area of a cube is. Yeah, if you need help with your homework stay the fuck away from yeah me. yeah that's entrapment i gotta go to work sweetie <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go cook for eight hours <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> also even before he moved uh, billionaire's money around you know what he used his um, knowledge of math for what to teach at a private school he taught math and he was creeping on girls hmm. so all i'm saying is huh. fellas if you're out there and you're doing equations i don't trust you <laughs> stay away from my sister Stay away from my sister. Stay away from my mom. <laughs> stay away from my whole fucking family. <laughs> yeah, um, it's crazy like how big of a streak of movies I love we're on right now. It makes me wonder if I'm becoming a movie guy. Well, it makes me wonder what was going on when we started the podcast with you. I mean, I was in a very bad place mentally. Well, that's fun. I hope the listeners have like really followed along with your redemption arc. Yeah, because... like. It I I think about it sometimes. It is crazy the amount that I used to just be like, let's kill people, and then yeah. now I'm just like, hey, I, I like stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Big. What's the opposite of a heel turn? Uh, Good guy turn. turn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what you've done. Just become a, a beacon of light. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I see your thing there? Yeah. Thanks, friend. Um, in case anybody was wondering what he was asking about, he wanted to see my penis yeah. because Kian, um, well, I'm not going to say anything problematic, but you do love, uh, you love looking at men's penises. Say whatever you want. I'm editing all this penis talk out, right out. What kind of penis talk? <laughs> I'm not even, I'm doing factual talk. <laughs> I'm talking about how much you love looking at penises and balls. <laughs> um, I will say I uh, the character of Monique is one of the most basic stock cool girl characters I have ever seen in a movie. Like this, this hit all the tropes yeah. of like the cool girl who could hang. Because like 
uh, he, he, John Cusack writes her off initially when they first meet because she like fakes that she can't speak English. And she's like, you know, he thinks that she's dating this gross fucking guy because he keeps putting her arm around her and the mom keeps saying that they're dating also. So I, I don't blame him for thinking that. And then, um, he only like comes around when he finds out that, uh, first off she has an arm on her. She yeah. can fucking throw throw a baseball. That's true. Second off, she was deceiving the other guys. A little bit of trickery, some boys' trickery. Just one of the boys. One of the fellas. And, and third off, she fixes his Mustang. <laughs> he just no, like Camaro. pulls up. Oh, Camaro, excuse me. Yeah, that was very girly of you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I really exposed myself there. But uh, yeah, she like fucking uh, just scoots out of the bottom of his truck, fucking dusts off her oil hands, and is like, yeah, fucking fixed her up for you. Just classic cool girl 80s shit. That's so funny because, you know, a lesser man wouldn't admit to this, but uh, I will say that it worked on me. It worked on me, too. I'm not saying it didn't work on me. Because I'm just saying, like, wow, this is not original as I'm falling in love with Monique. Yeah, this is my first (laughs) time noticing it right now when you said it (laughs) to me. Before that, I was just like, what a cool idea for a character. And she, like, uplifts him and teaches him how to ski. Like, man, this movie... No chance in hell it'll ever pass a Bechdel test, but like sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay just to have a woman whose only purpose in the movie is to uplift the male hero. Yeah, I guess now that you put it that way, (laughs) it's probably. Sometimes that's what I want to see. Sometimes as a guy who refuses to deal with his shit, I like to see a woman come in and help me, help the protagonist I identify with for no reason. Yeah, I mean. I guess I shouldn't have been so... Other than that, she likes him for no reason. He's still he's still competing in a skiing competition to win back his ex. Yeah. And she's like, I see something in this one. He still kisses his ex in front of her. <laughs> and then she's like, let's still date, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still carry me home, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe off the top, I shouldn't have been so cocky about how unproblematic this movie was. Well, I mean, like, relatively speaking, compared to the other shit we've covered, it's been fine. <laughs> yeah. You Never mind. Relax. Uh, but like, it's it's been it's been fine. I, I, there, this def- movie definitely does fall into '80s tropes, but yeah. like, it leans into them so heavily that I just have a fun time watching it. Like, when I think of an '80s movie, this is what I think of. It's a movie about teenage heartbreak. It's completely over the top. It you know it, it goofs on just about every aspect of uh, you know high school life or whatever, but to a point where it's still like pretty relatable. Like I get where they're coming from. It's just an exaggerated version of how it feels like to be a guy growing up. Yeah, it does. It, I do sort of like. I don't love the fact that all these fucking movies that we watch about coming of age are literally just for the boys. They are really just for the boys. We should try to find one that's for the girls. Yeah. Let, yes. That'll, I don't know. And I don't know if there is one. I don't either. But <laughs> I, I'm doing a bit of a self call out here. I, I think it is fucked up that we've watched so many for the boys movie on this. But that's podcast. also, you know, that's kind of the state of the eighties too. They really weren't making movies for girls yet. That's true. Um, and, like, uh, you know, I think that we've kind of gone back on that n- now. Um, like, I don't know. I feel like there's probably maybe less coming-of-age movies coming out now. Maybe I'm paying attention to it less because I'm not in that demographic anymore. But, like, Lady Bird came out. That was, like, a coming-of-age movie for uh, uh, women. And uh, it was sick. Very well-reviewed. Won a bunch of awards. I'm pretending that I've seen it um, as a fake woke, fake leftist. And fucking, I can't think of another one. But... There has to be. There, 
yeah, I refuse to believe that there isn't. And I if mean, there isn't, and there's uh, got to be '80s movies that like women I did identify with. Yeah, I'm sure, but like as a you know, they I, had to identify with the male protagonist, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll leave that one up to the listeners to uh, parse because I don't <laughs> fucking know what any of that means. Uh, I like how unironic this movie is. It I, takes itself. It doesn't like. Uh, I don't know. It, like uh, it doesn't take itself seriously, but at the same time, it like it does jokes instead of being like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't take itself seriously, but it's also not like tongue in cheek about it. Yeah. Like it's very unapologetic in how silly it is while also trying to deal with, you know, actual content yeah because i'm getting very sick of irony in my old age I, I i've been doing irony on twitter for like seven years i'm sick of it irony is for vitamins and telephone poles at this point <laughs> see and I, I i'm still not tired of irony i like some irony but it's like let let me find the irony you know let me watch a reality show and get whatever i get out of that yeah. don't fucking spoon feed it to me and what i expect to be a comedy yeah 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 don't fucking shove irony down my throat i got it like you're smarter than me i you're can not. do it you're in hollywood <laughs> shut the fuck up Man, i'm here working i do like this movie feels like it wasn't even made by old hollywood like it's so unpretentious i think very unpretentious and it's like you can't they don't want to make shit like this anymore i would love to have an 80s or you know this style of movie where it's just they deal with like heavy issues that you know are i think uh familiar to any person who has grown up before. Um, but yeah, they're just ridiculously silly about it. And that's fun to go into. That's fun to watch because I genuinely, I have a hatred in my heart for movies that are like marketed for smart people. Yeah. That makes me fucking sick, dude. You're still a movie. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. That shit sucks. And I mean, like we've talked about it on the pod before, like about how, you know, I think, I think the most perfect kind of movie is one where I can just watch it and be totally entertained. And then also think about it if I like, like shit like Starship Troopers, where, yeah. you know, it can be a dope action movie. It can also be dope political satire. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, And that's like this movie, too. You can watch it and laugh at all the goofs and the bits. And, and it's this movie is dense with jokes. Yeah. Or you can watch it and think about, like, you know, what it's like to fucking grow up as a you know teenager. What it's like to go through your first breakup, have all your stock in this one relationship and have that rug pulled out from under you and have to fucking like a goddamn shit coin exactly like yeah. a shit coin also for the listeners pull your money out of crypto you dumbass no put it put it all in there get it out of there get it in there get it out of there Throw it's it all in. it's all a ponzi scheme well, why am i making so much money riddle me that bradley it's you're not riddle me that you're fake making money we'll see yeah yeah, yeah. we will see <laughs> you can move in with my parents too when it all comes crashing down yeah dude i want to be i want to be on record that i am going to lose a lot of money in <laughs> cryptocurrency um yeah okay this note is i don't know if i said this on the podcast yet i can't tell if it's um like I'm going through a manic episode or if this is genuinely one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. What do you what's your take? I think you're on a manic app. I'm not saying this movie isn't funny, but I did not expect you to like it at all. And I think if I showed this t movie to you two months ago, you would have hated it. Do you think so? I do think so. Perhaps. <laughs> I will 
<laughs> tell you perhaps. <laughs> but I don't know what it was, but I, this was getting me. Like, I was laughing at the jokes, which is, like, so rare. Usually I'm, like, a pretentious guy. I'm, like, yeah, yeah. looking for problems with the jokes. That was shit. why. I, that was honestly why I thought you were going to hate it was because, like, they really fucking went for the jokes in this movie. Yeah, but I don't know, man. It, it was I was laughing. I don't know. Maybe it's because I saw it when I was a kid, too, and I just yeah. was, like, really enjoying the nostalgia of it. You know what uh, my favorite line in this movie was? You already said yours. Like, or yeah. my favorite laugh, I guess, the hardest. My favorite, yeah. My favorite line in the whole movie uh, was the mom was uh, serving up some slop to yeah. uh, the, the, her, you know, the dad and John Cusack. Yeah. And it's, like, the gross, grossest shit. It's, like, just slime with raisins in it. <laughs> and she, like, slops it on his plate, and she's like... You like raisins. <laughs> it's like that's the most mom shit ever. Just to know one one aspect about you and be like, this he likes raisins. <laughs> yeah, that's really funny. Um like my mom would just always buy me like the worst, ugliest fucking clothes on the planet. And be, but you like blue. <laughs> and it's like I don't like cardigans, dude. <laughs> yeah, that shit rocks. I love I love the genre of mom that's, like, just trying her best. Just trying so hard, but, like, hasn't gotten to know our kid past when he was eight, really? Yeah. Like, that, man. And, like, that's probably more on the kid than on the mom, you know? I mean, but. in my personal life, it is. I... I I feel bad sometimes, but also it's like, I can't tell you this shit. You're going to cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it really only happened in my 20s where I was able to, like, start getting along with my parents on a real level again. Yeah, I still am, like, teetering on the edge still, but uh, can I tell you the hardest I laughed at this movie? Yeah. Um, when he's, like, he's about to light himself on fire because he read it in a newspaper that that'll kill you. Yeah. And so he pours gas all over himself, and then they're like, oh, we got the neighbors over for dinner. You, yeah, what are yeah, you doing yeah. in the garage? <laughs> and uh, so he goes in, uh, and they have a dinner together, and then the neighbor mom goes to light a cigarette. Yes. And it explodes. And then the hardest I laughed at this movie is later in the car, he's driving them both home, and he's like, Hey, buddy, sorry your mom got exploded. <laughs> yeah, man, that was such a funny line. That's like, that, that holds up to this day. Like, that yeah, is that, that so That was really, good. really good. Yeah. Just the fucking delivery on that was powerful. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that is like, that was ahead of its time, I'll say truly, that. Truly, truly was. Because, yeah. I and think, I also love that every time you met his mom after, she just, like, <laughs> bandages all over her face. <laughs> <laughs> I will say a lot of the jokes in this movie, like, do hold up and are ahead of their time. Well, I mean, because it's like, this is a very fucking Gen Z movie. To just be, like, this lighthearted about suicide for 90 minutes? Yeah. Nobody else does this. And it's, like, such a taboo subject to cover. And, I mean, I said it at the beginning of the show. I think this movie would do so well if somebody tried to remake. Not, It doesn't have to be this exact movie, but if somebody covered these type of themes in a similar way, yeah. god damn, this would be, like, potentially the most important movie to, a, like, this would be a very important movie to a lot of people. Yeah, I do think, um, I think you'd get a lot of backlash just from, like, how fucking serious You'd get a lot of backlash from now. people's parents. Like, the people, like, the movie, uh, teenagers and, you know, young people would fucking, they, they, they would love it. And literally any teenager or young person who watched this movie now, I think they would relate a lot to it. Uh, but, yeah, I think it scares parents uh, about how casually people think about suicide, yeah. especially now. But I'll also say, like, the just the sort of crowd of, like, mental illness coddlers that are in our generation yeah yeah are very prevalent these days that's uh, that's also true i think you'd get some backlash but i do think that like 
it would hit very hard with um, a lot of people of our generation as well. So hard. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, nobody wants to admit that people feel like this. And nobody wants to admit that, like, it's kind of a funny thing. It is kind of funny. It is a little funny. Trying to kill yourself over an ex when your, like, life hasn't even started. And always having, like, little things get in the way. Like, hey, you got it. We're having dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's uh, hilarious, dude. Unfortunately, it's very funny. (laughs) It is very funny. I don't know, man. Like, I've... my first bit, one of the first good bit I ever wrote was about walking in on my friend's suicide. Like it was traumatic. Attempted suicide. Attempted suicide. But it was a very funny experience on paper. Like I, I still laugh at. So I, wa- I walked in on this guy. He's in the room trying to get a lock off a gun to like <laughs> blast himself. He's sobbing just in the worst place. And then, like, and we have other friends over at this point, too. I was just like, hmm, what happened to this guy? And, like, went up to go check on him. He's in the process of killing himself. Yeah, it's like when the host of the party, like, disappears to the bathroom. Yeah. Except way worse. Way worse. <laughs> and so, like, we end up coming back. I take him back downstairs. He's, like, sobbing, goes in to hug our other friends. They're like, what's going on? And then I just look at them, and I'm, like, panicking. Because I don't want to say, like, oh, he just tried to kill himself. Because I thought that would make it worse. Yeah. And I realize now that this visual bit is not going to translate on the podcast. But I just put, like, finger guns in my mouth and did, like, an explosion <laughs> out the back of my head. And then everyone started sobbing. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that either. <laughs> 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 You're like, actually, the act out may have been worse. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have acted out that my <laughs> friend just tried to kill himself. <laughs> Whoops. But it's the reason why that shit is so funny is like, not only because like your life hasn't started yet and um, you don't even know like how beautiful like trees are at 17. Yeah, really. But it's also so funny just because like, you're, nobody's equipped to deal with that kind nobody of shit. Nobody is. And everyone is forced to. And like, everyone's for. And nobody likes to acknowledge that you are, and you're afraid to talk about that you did, or else you, you feel, or at least I was worried, that I was going to be shoved off to counselors or have to go talk to somebody about it. And it's like, I probably should have, but like I also don't want to be you know, railroaded like I'm going to be fucked up. It's like... Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, you got to realize, like, there are parts of life that are just parts of life. Like it is also. I don't know, man. It's it also kind of goes back to the thi- uh, thing we've uh, at least I've mentioned on the podcast. Like what a weird thing it is to be like, you know, a teenager, and especially in high school where it's like you're dealing with these adult problems, but like you also have a curfew and a bedtime. You know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah, you got homework. I got homework, literally, dude. I came home. <laughs> it's <laughs> that 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 happened. I I stopped my friend from committing suicide. Then I went home and had to explain why I only got a sixty on a math test. <laughs> and it's like, what what is even going on right what now? Do you fucking expect from me, dude. Dude, I can't remember a and thing on that math test, but that night is seared into my memory. What I will say though is like, it's crazy how serious we have to take that stuff and how like it gets to a point where we can't talk about it even really um like we can't really talk about it and like you need to talk about that you need to talk about it and like because i'm sure when you were in that situation like you couldn't bring up what just happened to you you had to just like pretend that the math test was the biggest thing dude in your exactly life. i couldn't bring that up to anybody you know because like i tried to talk like you know i can't talk about it with my parents because then all of a sudden they're worried that i'd be hanging out with this kid who's trying to kill himself yeah i can't talk about it to teacher i mean first off i've never had like that kind of relationship with a teacher where i could bring up a personal problem yeah but let's say i 
did. Like now they're obligated to talk, you know, tell the yeah, fucking they counselor the or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what do what do I do? I can't. And like, I have that's to not deal with it until I start stand up three years later. And like, so here's the thing: is like, people always people talk a lot about um, taking the stigma off of mental health, but it's like, really, what like you shouldn't be like acting like anyone with an issue is insane like our parents generation did but you also shouldn't be like over coddling and oversensitive about that kind of shit because like that stigmatizes it in a whole other way because i remember like now you're like if you're the type of guy who deals with stress by laughing which yeah. i think we both are i yes now it's stigmatized in the whole other way because like i'm sure that you wanted to riff about it exactly and everybody would have looked at you like you were a fucking pariah if you did totally cuz that's like not seen as dealing with your shit a lot of people see that as like i think burying it or you know making light of something horrible and it's like no man i have shit that i need to work through and unfortunately laughing at it is the only way that i can take power away from this horrible thing that happened yeah and i mean a lot of like that is sort of seen as reductive or reactionary sometimes but like it is important to minimize things that seem huge to you. Otherwise, what are you going to do? It's just going to seem like the biggest thing ever exactly. that you can't overcome. And I'm not saying that wasn't a huge big thing that I had to deal with, but like if I always held it as like this big horrible awful thing that happened, I don't think I would have ever been able to come to terms with it. You yeah. almost have to reduce it to show yourself like, "Oh, hey, I can still, you know, deal with shit." Uh and then, you know, you you can go back from there and think about like okay what does this actually mean or whatever but like the first step is me at least taking power over any anything awful you know yeah. like and, and i think you do have to like obviously also don't be a bully and a dick yeah no like, totally don't be a bully and a dick still be a sensitive nice person but like you do have to like fight evil shit by me or some people do have to fight things that upset them with jokes. Yeah, I mean, it's like that Jeff Ross quote that every open micer loves, where like, he says... I, let me be clear. I do not know one word that Jeff Ross has ever said. I only know the sound of a mic bumping. But <laughs> <laughs> No, he said, uh, if we're not laughing, we're crying. And it's like, as much as I think Jeff Ross is lame, that's... I mean, that's been true for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of times, laughing has pulled me out of actually crying. Yeah, yeah, totally. And... uh you know, if there's any girls listening, yes, I did just admit that I cry. I'm sensitive and different. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what Drake learned from this movie? What? You, you you notice how the movie ended? How did it end? It ended with uh, John Cusack uh, pulling up with uh, Monique and having a little date in the middle of a baseball stadium <laughs> together. <laughs> very, very Drake esque. <laughs> very Drake move right there. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that could have made it more Drake-esque is if he went on a date with that mom who exploded. The, uh, the only thing, yeah, or alternatively, the girl from high school that uh, John Cusack went on a date with. Yeah, or alternatively, if it was Millie Bobby Brown. Bow! Yeah, fuck you, Drake. Yeah, why are you texting her, dude? Yeah, dude. <laughs> Put your phone down. <laughs> Connect with the real world, Drake. <laughs> um, I also I want to talk about his job. That reminds me a lot of my first jobs. Yeah. Uh, just the way that his boss is like, wash your hands on your own fucking time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my boss at McDonald's actually said that to me. <laughs> they were like, wash your hands before you clock in. 
Oh yeah, I've had I've had lots of bosses tell me that. When I worked in a the kitchen, they were like, "Hey, you got to show up 20 minutes early because when your shift starts, you have to be working by then." Yeah. Uh, oh, I wish somebody would say that to me. Dude, it's fucked. I used to uh when I worked at a I'll name it first round in Edmonton. Hey, if you if you live in Edmonton, you listen to this. Never go to first round. They underpaid me. They're fucked. They skim money off everyone's paychecks, and all the food is frozen. It's fucked there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, when I started working there, they switched out their clocking system. Like when I first started, you would clock in on like the POS terminals, like where you would input everyone's orders. Mm. That's how it is at most restaurants. Uh, and then they switched to clocking in on an iPad that would take a picture of you when you clocked in. So they knew if you were dressed in your uniform or if you were clocking in and then going to get dressed. That's so fucking It insane. was so fucked there, dude. Yeah. If you work at first round, quit. What are you doing? Yeah. It's not worth the less than a minimum wage you're making. Steal money. Like, why would you work at that job? It wouldn't even let me around the money, dude. I fuck man i hated that place they had cameras online so i couldn't even steal the only guy who stole there was uh man i fucking loved him he was like this uh uh <laughs> he was this guy who just worked there forever like and the only reason he stayed was because he uh he got promoted to a manager and then decided that he didn't want to be a manager anymore but managed to keep the salary that he was making legend and it wasn't even a lot like it was not a lot of he was making oh, okay. 16 dollars an hour Wow, and I have he was made like, more than that at every kitchen job where I was <laughs> yeah. mean to the entire staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but he would steal uh, in the most hilarious way, where sometimes he would walk into the uh, walk-in and just eat entire pieces of cake. Yeah, like just slam a we fucking slice. We used to do slice. that with frozen cookies at McDonald's. Um, but I don't. I have a theory that I'm working on where I don't think cameras in restaurants are like actually checked by anybody. Yeah. Because let me kick you a scenario here. Uh, when I worked at McDonald's, you're very familiar with uh, what my boss used to do, right? He got uh, how we say very horny. <laughs> yes. And uh, one time he like he like in the back of the restaurant he like pinned me against the wall and grabbed my nuts which is like literally probably why i'm like this yeah um but and then so i was like i didn't want to say anything to anybody because i was like oh i'll just get laughed at like you can't just like anyway and then it, so i just thought like oh there was a camera right in front of us like yeah. someone will see that and just deal with it and then uh i told uh, one of my coworkers that i that that was what was going to happen so i didn't have to report it and she was like Oh, I've been stealing cash for like five years. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I don't think uh, they check this. Maybe they don't. Though, see, because the thing is, they I knew that they did check the, the Mets sometimes at first round. But that's only because uh, one time I came into work and uh, there was this guy I worked with. His I can't remember. I tried to do a bit about him before, about knife confidence. Yeah. Because like, I knew for a fact this guy always had a knife on him. He was genuinely insane. Just always fucking pitching fits. Oh, his name was Nico. Yeah. And uh, he knew uh, our friend, uh, our formerly homeless friend from uh, living in the shelter together. And he was just oh. like, fucked. He'd always invite me to smoke weed with him after work. And I'd be like, absolutely. And then just go home. Yeah. Um, but yeah, one time he, uh, he fell at work. Uh, like he slipped on uh, some water and he crawled around like wailing in pain for like <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> And everyone knew that this kid's just like a fucking liar, like yeah. a pathological maniac. And so they just ignored him. Yeah. And so my boss, like when I came into work, this happened on my off day. And my boss, uh, she was like, you want to see uh, when Nico fell? And I'm like, 
I want nothing more. <laughs> and she showed me the security camera footage of this guy slipping and then just like crawling, like one arm, <laughs> like crawl, like, like he got his legs blown off in the war. Oh man, just like saving private Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like grabbing like a shelf and like pulling himself up and like posting up like on the ground, like, you know, sitting on the floor, legs out, just wailing. Oh, and all funny. this is happening while everyone's like prep cooking and for like <laughs> not turning around, just chopping carrots. Just ignoring him. Oh, dude, it was so good. And like she played it for me on fast forward too. So I just saw him like go around in a circle for a little bit. Oh man, too good. Yeah. So that was what made me afraid to steal was that I knew that they did at least sometimes check the cameras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as a guy who's never been caught stealing, I still would have said, fucking take your chances. Yeah. Baby. Well, no, when I in every other uh, kitchen job, I stole extensively. There were days uh, when I worked at Chop, I would always steal croutons. That was my move. Nice. They had a cooling rack of croutons uh, right by the uh, entrance to like dry storage where you'd get all the fucking food to cook shit with. And, uh, so every time I had to go, you know, get salt or whatever, I just like grab a handful of croutons and smash them. There was Hell a couple yeah. of days where they just like had to make more croutons because <laughs> I ate them all. Man, at McDonald's we would steal bags of McFlurry toppings. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it was sick. Like, there's nothing cooler than just in your backpack having like a bag of ten thousand mini M and M's. I mean, there isn't. When I went to camp in uh, high school, I always had. Uh, I bought my mom bought me like a big family size bag of pretzel M and M's. Oh hell yeah, uh, hell yeah! And I had I was wearing a jacket that had a lot of pockets, and in every pocket it was just full of M and M's. So I'd just be like doing archery, just fucking snacking, dude. Oh, oh man, man, it was sick. Yeah, as a kid, nothing felt more badass than having secret candy. I really truly realized that my attitude towards weed and alcohol and drugs now is identical to my attitude toward candy as a kid. I um, still have the same attitude toward candy. Oh, now. totally. Me too. But like before, it's like if I can't get access to weed or whatever, like even when I went on vacation uh, to uh, Ireland in like 2018, I was like in the height of me smoking weed all the time. Mm. And uh, it's like super illegal over there. So I just couldn't get any. And uh, I just switched to candy. Yeah, I just fully went back to eating candy all day long and like getting jazzed up when I had a little stash. Yeah, I mean, like you ever just look at all the weed you have? Like I do that, but with like Cadbury fingers and shit <laughs> like that. You know, like I have a whole family. So this is gonna last me till tomorrow, dude. Oh man, I can well, go crazy right now. I mean, here's the thing about dopamine: is you can get it from other places. Yeah, and uh, you know, for me, I just haven't found one that's healthy yet. Yeah, I mean, there isn't one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Other than unless you become like a pre-workout guy. Yeah. Uh, I do think the my least favorite sequence in this whole movie happened at the restaurant. Okay. That weird stop motion thing with the cheeseburgers. Oh, yeah. That yeah. felt like an awful fever dream. I Yeah, I wasn't fucking with the uh, like the cartoon imagination sequences. Me in this neither. Movie. I hated all of them. Yeah. And they felt very uh, not necessary. Yeah. But at the same time. I don't think I've seen an 80s movie that was doing shit like that. Like, I think that's pretty original. Maybe. As, I feel like I have. As bad as we think it is. I feel like I've seen that before, but I also can't name an example of where I've seen that. So I, I, I don't know. I honestly. mean, Mac and Devin go to high school, did it, but that was much later. <laughs> Could have been inspired by this for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my two favorite movies that I've ever seen are American Sniper and Mac and Devin go to high school. Yeah, you've been saying that a lot, dude. <laughs> well, I've been saying the American Sniper thing, but the, I haven't let the listeners in that deep to my life yet <laughs> to know about Mac and Devin go to high school. But I remember like 
the first time my parents went on vacation and left me alone for a weekend, uh, like this was before I had even started doing debaucherous things. Yeah, yeah. I was just like still like an honors student, and I uh, watched Mac and Devin go to high school like six times, and just felt so badass doing it because they told me I wasn't allowed to watch Love it. That. Yeah. yeah, I just remember scrolling past that movie on Netflix and being like, Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg, huh? That looks bad. Oh, it was good. Never watching it. Okay, one day, me and you are going to just kick back, get some pretzel M&Ms, and fucking watch Mac and Devin go to high school. I'm down. You'll be better for it. I'm down, man, because I've seen Snoop Dogg perform Young, Wild, and Free Live, you know? Oh my, and that song, I will say, I'm ashamed of what I'm about to admit, but that song really does, like, it puts me in the zone. Like, I, it makes me so happy. I get you, man. That's how I feel about when I listen to uh, Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. And oh, it's that, like, yeah. I know this isn't a song about glorifying getting fucked up, but, like, to me it is. Yeah, that to one. Me, I know what it's about, really. And I'm still getting turned up to this song in the nightmare sequence of the uh, fucking man on the moon album i don't even know what it's about really i thought it was about glorifying that no well it's all about how uh it feels tight but it's actually fucked Mm. oh yeah everything that's shining ain't always gold oh yeah i mean he's talking about drunk driving it's also in the part of the album where it starts the nightmare sequence like the beginning part of it i think he's like supposed there's a big story behind it that i forget now yeah i was i didn't get into kid cuddy i got into that one kid cuddy album uh, yeah, I found out about it from Project X, and then I was just like... But uh, what I will say for drunk driving is, like, it does feel amazing when you do it. Yeah, I never did it, but I've gotten in the car with a lot of drunk drivers, and goddamn, was that so dumb of me. Which, for the record, I was being hypothetical there. I've never done that either, and I will never. Uh, another another side note about uh, uh, Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. Yeah. That was, like, one of our, you know, fucking anthems in high school at every every party we just bumped that go crazy absolutely and uh my buddy james didn't know the lyrics i just remember <laughs> just remember like one time we were all it was senior skip day we were at my uh, ex-girlfriend's house just having a party dude yeah, a yeah, good yeah. time 3 p.m hammered mm-hmm. and uh we put on that song everyone's going crazy we're singing we're like what does the chorus go like crush it oh at the beginning it's like crush a bit little bit roll it up take a hit feeling lit feeling like 2 a.m summer night yep my friend james was like 2 a.m sunday night (laughs) (laughs) just like belting it out and we are like what do you think this song is about dude you know that's the probably the thing i hate most about being an adult is no one like raps in the car anymore oh yeah my friends used to do that so much and it was always like when someone would fuck up a lyric, it was like the best day of your life. Oh, amazing. It was like Christmas, yeah. dude. <laughs> like, uh, we would always do Weekend by Mac Miller. Oh, that's so funny. We'd always do Break the Law by Mac Miller. Oh, yeah. That Same album. Pre- it's the type of music that make white people mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that goes fucking crazy, that song. I still listen to that album. I love it. Me, dude, me and Sean would roll around just sing all of uh, Break the Law. I'd do Mac Miller's parts. He'd do Juicy J's parts. Hell yeah. Awesome. Hey, Speaking of which, listeners, can we get some R.I.P. Mac Millers in the chat, please? <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. That's serious. Um, also, I like how uh, the accent they were doing jokes about in this movie was a French accent. I feel like we don't do enough French bits. We don't rip on the French. Well, I feel like the French got a lot of shit in the 80s and, you know, directly after the war. And we've kind of chilled out on them lately. Yeah, that's fair. I just feel like there's a lot of, like, 
There's a lot of movies where it's like an Asian accent that they're making fun of. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think now it's... I say, let's take it back to basics. Start hitting on the Irish, start hitting on the French, start hitting on the Italian ex community. I would really like Italian ex community. (laughs) (laughs) Italian (laughs) ex. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah, well, it's not original. Um, yeah, I I was falling in love with Monique in this movie, though, even though it was, like, campy and sort of hacky the way they treated her character. Yeah, 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 but also... I, it's so badass to pretend that you can't speak English. Yeah, that's tight, dude. That's, like, the hardest thing ever. I remember I met a lady in the dog park one time who just, like, refused to pick up after her dog, and, uh... She was, like, telling my mom about it. She was like, yeah, it, one time a cop tried to talk to me. I was just like, oh, I don't speak English. Like, she was this old <laughs> Russian lady and just started speaking Russian at the cop. And it's like, there's no consequences. Yeah. If you can't speak English, you're good. I got to learn Go Russian. Go crazy, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly, why would you learn English? Be cute and not from around here. You're fine. Like, people in America and Canada are always like, you got to learn the language. No, you don't. Uh-uh. It's way cooler if you just, like, how fucking badass is that? You ever hear about someone's dad who, like, immigrated here, uh, like, when he was, like, our age and then just never learned English? Love guys like that. That is, like, the hardest choice you could ever make. Just refusing. Because at that point, like, you would pick it up whether you wanted to or not. You'd pick up some phrases at least. Yeah, exactly. But to, like, go out of your way to never? Mud on. I've never, like, that, I respect you the ultimate amount. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I think this movie, yeah, it taught our parents the importance of self-confidence. Good and bad thing, I think. Um, a lot of people, I think, got too much self-confidence. But uh, we need a movie that teaches you the right amount. We need a tutorial, like a documentary slash tutorial that teaches you when to stop on the self-confidence thing. Yeah, well, I think it's important to have... Uh I don't know. For me, at least, I've found I need to have that fake it till you make it complete blind confidence in myself or else I like will just not succeed in anything. Uh, and I need to. This is how I've been living my life lately. OK, I believe in myself all day long. Mm-hmm. The nighttime comes around and I question everything, mm-hmm. but I don't have any more shots I have to call anymore. So then, you know, by the time that next day rolls around, hopefully I can incorporate those lessons I've learned into my new round of blind self-confidence and believing myself. I mean, yeah, the listeners will have to let us know. I don't see anything wrong with that personally. I think it's the best way to go. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. It, it, it balances, uh, the, the, the you know, because all the dumbest guys I know have been some of the most successful up to this point. Yeah. But uh, they have no skills to back it up. Yeah. They're so, just... so me, a guy with some level of skills to back shit up, Imagine what I could do if I just blindly believed in myself. Yeah. And now now I'm figuring that out. Uh, yeah. Actually, maybe ultimate self-confidence is the move. I think it is. But you also have to be self-aware, too. That's like the that's the tricky part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. believing yourself unflinchingly, but also willing to call yourself out when you fuck up. Yeah, that's a good point. Or, like, maybe just, like, ultimate self-confidence, but, like, you shut up about it, too. Yeah, also, but I'm not doing that. I've been telling people, I've been telling whoever will listen about how much I believe in myself lately. I have been feeling really good about myself lately. Me too. I feel very powerful. Yeah. Don't know why. Nothing has changed. I know why (laughs) for me, but. We're recording this in a basement. (laughs) (laughs) We are recording this in a basement, but you know, a lot of people say that Apple was started in a garage. 
Yeah, and we're in the house. Yeah, we're so. inside. So we got one up on fucking Steve. Yeah, suck my cock, Amazon, Apple, etc. Yeah. Did they start in a garage too? Old, the old Bezos farm? Yeah, I can't imagine they didn't. I'd say it's a safe bet. You think Jeff Bezos grew up rich? He better have. Or else I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, anyone who didn't grow <laughs> up rich, fuck you. Any self-made millionaire out there, suck me off. Listen, if you don't have a trust fund, you're a fucking pussy. <laughs> yeah. Um, even the montage in this movie, usually montages piss me off. I thought this was a great use of a montage. Which montage? Was it the uh, training one? The, like skiing the skiing one. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I did enjoy that one at the end. Yeah, I thought it was like one of the most sensible montages I've ever seen. Yeah, it was reason. The least reasonable thing about that montage was the fact that they were still doing the skiing competition. Yeah, all the rest of it made sense. It was very reasonable. Yeah, um, I I did think it was really funny the way they explain his ski breaking. Yeah, how did they explain? Oh, because the guy rolls over it. It just zooms in really tight on a guy like skiing over his foot, and then he like gets up and he's like, "Oh fuck!" Oh man, that was so funny because I saw that and I'm like, "Why are they showing me this?" Yeah, yeah, me too. And then it becomes clear instantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was probably the silliest plot point in the whole movie. Very goofy, but you know, fuck it. That matches the rest of the movie. I mean, at that point, they had already sold me on the whole product. Yeah, I mean, you can I'm, you can really slop up a movie to in the last ten minutes if i've enjoyed it up to that point yeah i mean there's no way i'm tapping out then no yeah i still like it yeah <laughs> so what's your conclusion what do you think our parents learned um i mean this is tough because i probably not a lot honestly yeah unfortunately knowing my parents and how uncool they are with weird bad feelings um so i would say nothing i think that they should have learned uh that you know a lot of people deal with suicide it's not as serious I mean, it is serious, but, like, you don't always want to treat it as the most serious thing in the world because that can sometimes make it impossible to actually talk about. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think our parents learned from this? Well, I think the moving on thing and the self-confidence thing. I do wish that, like, people had taken a little bit of a lesson from... Yeah, I wish people had taken a lesson from how they tease or like make fun of uh, mental stuff in this because uh, like, I don't think it's good to bury it. I also don't think it's good to always be like, Oh yeah. You need to, you need to deal with it somewhere in the middle where you acknowledge that this is a real thing that does have some power over you, but you also can't be, you know, letting that dictate how you live your whole life. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think it's, we sh it should be like, we should recognize that everybody deals with that shit. And like, regardless of like, some people deal with it a little more severely and personally. Some people deal with it a little more like uh, like they go through it a little more like uh, further away from the issue. Yeah. But it's like still everybody has seen it. Yes. And I think we also have to acknowledge that there's no wrong way to deal with this shit. Because I think that you see that a lot in um, like the people who want to, you know, call out comics for like, oh, don't talk about suicide. Don't tell rape jokes don't do this don't do that it's like yeah i mean don't do that shit if it's hacky but also like if you're working through something that happened to you or like i don't know if you're trying to communicate a complex feeling about a tough fucking topic let people do that let people yeah. work through shit in their own way everyone's different you know like don't just because you don't like joking about suicide or anything like that doesn't mean that some other person's not going to get a lot out of that yeah and i guess 
that sort of makes it hypocritey that I just shit on people who are too soft about it all the time because I guess maybe that's their process too. I mean, but I mean potentially, but I also don't know if it's a healthy one because you totally see that on the other end of the spectrum where it's people who just try and laugh at shit all the time instead of actually dealing with it. And I mean that that'll fuck you up too. I think I I mean I really think that you need to do some something somewhere in the middle of that. I yeah. mean depending on the guy, of course, but I mean that's yeah. I mean that's why my stance is Go to therapy about it for the serious time and make fun of it with your boys. Seriously. I mean, like, all the times that I've been the saddest, I've gone to my friends specifically to not talk about it. Specifically just to try and laugh as hard as I can, to have some fucking goofs with the boys and remind myself why I like existing. Yeah, same. And, I mean, not not truly same. Because, like, I do this a lot where when I'm going through something, I'll just, like, make fun of it with you. Yeah in the car and then i'm like uh then i'm like oh, okay i can forget about that now yeah 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 so i don't know i think i guess i what i'm trying to say is everyone's little process thing is important and you shouldn't shit on other people's even though i just did for an hour yeah exactly learn from the mistakes we made on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah but also like you know don't care too much about other people's processes like you know you shouldn't like invest yourself in how other people are dealing with shit because everyone is different. Yeah, we all have shit going on. Let people tell jokes about how much they want to kill themselves. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong. Yeah. So anyway, this has been the last podcast on the alt right slash your parents watched this. That's our subtitle. Yeah, yeah, we're phasing out of your parents watching. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Our main title is what I said first, and uh, we're brought to you by Comedy Here Often. Big shout out to Kid Cuddy. Uh, big shout out to Snoop Dogg. Big shout out to Wiz Khalifa. You got any shout outs you want to give? Uh, Jeff Epstein's parents. Yeah. What happened? What are you guys doing? <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about all this? Yeah, because um, like. <laughs> anyway, even your other kid is like doing cra- anyway. But that's for someone else, someone else's podcast. Yeah, um, I'd like to denounce Dan Schneider once again. Yeah, fuck Dan Schneider. Stop being a pedophile. Fuck yeah. Drake. Fuck Josh too. <laughs> fuck Josh for being. An <laughs> uh, fuck the other Drake for texting. You know, whatever. Yeah, no being good Drakes. His, he's on his phone too much. <laughs> that's my only issue with it. <laughs> yeah, dr- not in the studio. Too busy texting Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, I'm maybe not that's mad. Why Look, I'm not mad that you're texting Millie Bobby Brown. I'm mad that you're texting her while a certified lover boy hasn't dropped yet. That's that's all I'm mad. I'm mad that your text didn't rhyme. (laughs) That's why you need a ghostwriter. You're too busy fucking talking to young girls all day. You don't have time to write bars. And, uh, yeah, big shout out to uh, Nas. Listen to King's Disease 2, everybody. I thought it was pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Nas is gonna get a big boost from this episode yeah good night everyone good night and good luck